Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie. Brupolo is in Pistol Ridge. Wow. Yeah, that would be a little weird. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? I was not expecting Pistol Ridge today. Uh, there you go. I admit. If you... <laughs> Sounds like a fun place, though. Well, I got to be honest with you. It feels like Pistol Ridge may have been where the Dukes of Hazard should have been set. Because if you really look in on it here on the uh, on Google Maps, it's between the County Line store in Delhi and Uncle Jesse's Garage. Well, there we go. I mean, Uncle Jesse's I was gonna say that Before you mentioned that, I was going to say it sounds like a, a town in like outside of Tombstone, Arizona or something in the Old West. You, you had told me that that uh, Johnny Ringo had just come up to Tombstone from Pistol Ridge. I would have no problem believing that whatsoever. I mean, it's perfect. John in, my, in my Tombstone remake, I'm going to... Be able. To, I'm going to be able to mention Pistol Ridge in there at some point. Okay, I'm I, I'm in on that. I'm in on that. So, oh, I got something to tell you. By the way, when I get done with this ad read, I want you to remind me. Hey, you got something to tell me? Okay. That being said, if you're not in Starkville or Tupelo and you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee every morning, just go to StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. They'll deliver it right to your door. Any kind of coffee machine, they've got you covered at StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for, whether it be for yourself, for your house, for your car, for your tailgate. If it's Mississippi State, they've got it at College Corner. Incredible selection and two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell, or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant, be it lunch, dinner, or Sunday brunch, the best meal in town is waiting to be had. At Restaurant Tyler. There was a lot of people. I, I drove past there today. and I, Today must have just been Blue Plate Day because there were just a bunch of people milling around outside Restaurant Tyler. I was like, well, I bet they ate good. Are there a big Yeah. Every day is Blue Plate Day. I'm not going to argue with that. If I, I woke up, it, it doesn't matter. If, if I woke up every single day this week and decided I was going to get a Restaurant Tyler to get a Blue Plate, I could get something different. And I would be happy. Yeah. Just the facts of the matter. No question about that, Jim. There you go. That's all so, you need to know. That's all you need to know. Restaurant Tyler. 
over on the corner of Maine and Washington. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com, find the location nearest you, and stop by there to open an account that's going to serve you and your family for a long time. There's going to come a time in everybody's life where they've got to make a decision about a loan. You don't want to have to talk to a corporate bank and people you've never met. You want to talk to the same people who live in your community, who know you and know what kind of person you are. That's the kind of, of a relationship you can build at Priority One Bank. If you're already a Priority One Bank customer, you know how great their app is. It's streamlined, it's smooth, it's easy to use. You can do a lot more on there than just move around your money. Website's PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Yesterday, during a commercial break, Scary Gary, the legend, got on with me and said he saw a picture of you from one of our stops on the Catfish Tour, and he said he's got to send me a picture of him in his younger days, he says y'all look like twins. I can't wait to see this picture. Really? I'm like, I will make sure that it's on Twitter. We'll have to we'll have to compare. I can't wait. He said, he said he looks. He said he saw it and he thought that it was like a time machine or something. He didn't know what was going on. You looked so much like him. Well, there we go. So I'm excited. Start calling you Scary Robbie if that happens. I'm scary. You can be, especially when you haven't eaten. Have you eaten today? Not really. Uh, could be. Could yeah, be it, it could be. Could be trouble. Well, good thing that we're not debating anything today. Don't cross me, hey Dad. Don't you cross me? All right, all right. Brian Christopher, hey Dad. That's not right. Close. No, it's not. It's not close at all. I just wanted to. I just wanted to throw in Brian Christopher. God rest late, his soul. The late great. Yeah. Grandmaster Sexa Hay. That's right. You got you to really ex- extenuate that A on the end there. So there's really no news to report. So that's the show. Have a great day. Uh, All no, right. We had a great time today with you, Brian. Not not a lot to talk about today in, in terms of Mississippi State sports. So let's do a little history. Let's do a little fun stuff. I, I didn't want to throw the word win or game or player into this. I just wanted to say memory, moment, your top moments in your lifetime. I don't want to hear about 1980, Mississippi State, Alabama. That was in my lifetime, but I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I'm, I am the only person in the state of Mississippi that wasn't there that day. I was not there. And so I can't, I'm not going to claim it. So I have a list. Robbie has a list of just some great moments. And I want to hear yours too. If you want to tweet at us today, just let us know your favorite Mississippi State moment. It could be a specific play or a, a certain, you know, game or whatever it is. Even, even if it comes from a loss, if there was a moment that stood out to you, let us know about it on, on, on Twitter. Or on threads, I guess. But I'm still trying to figure that one out, by the way. They got they got to get that where I can just see the people I follow. I'm not coming over there. I'm not going to commit to anything on threads until I can just see the people I follow. I don't care about the yeah, rest it's, of the people. It's too much of a cluster right now. I don't really yeah, know. I mean, it's kind of people just out, making jokes, memes, no. things like that. That's what I've been yeah. doing, at least. Exactly. All right. So, Robbie, start us off. You know, I don't know if, you, if you've got them in any order, if you've got them ranked, however you want to do it. But give us give us one of your favorite Mississippi State moments. Uh, do you want me to just go down from five down to one? Again, I, I, I'll repeat what I just said. I, I know that, but I, like, do we want some kind of order here I don't in the care. show? And we're just going to nah, throw we're having fun. moments just, out? Just get after it, whatever you well, want. I'm, I'm an organized person, so I'm going to go five to one. Okay. 
So uh, my number five moment in my lifetime is the Final Four in 1996 uh, for basketball. Um, Obviously a milestone moment for Mississippi State basketball. They had some great teams in the 50s and 60s, but it was a program that had kind of been up and down over the years. They'd been consistent, but they had not been at that stage of basketball. And it was kind of – it's kind of frustrating to look back at Mississippi State basketball and think about what might have been had state legislature and people like that, people in control of, of the state not gotten in the way and allowed Mississippi State basketball to flourish because that was a program uh, under Babe McCarthy that was arguably the best in the SEC mm-hmm. for nearly a decade. You had one of the best college basketball players um, in the country – and Bailey Howell, and then a lot of great pieces around him over the years, too, that really made that team special, and you had one of the best coaches. And that that's a team in the 60s. I hate to be rambling about this, but I'm setting it up. That's a team in the 60s that was competing head-to-head with a Kentucky team that was at his its height. You know, Adolph Rupp. A lot of narration. I, just, it's like I mean, I'm doing tr- a podcast with Ken Burns. Well, why not? I mean, I, I feel like I, feel like I need to – I feel yeah. like I need to preface what I'm saying. Yeah. But th- this wasn't a state team that was going up against a watered-down SEC. They were competing and beating Kentucky teams that were, you know, incredible. So after that, it's kind of it's it's kind of bland. Richard Williams kind of brought Mississippi State back to the forefront. They won the SEC championship in the early 90s. They were competing with some great Kentucky teams, especially in that 1996 season. And uh, that was a team, if you remember back, it wasn't the best team Mississippi State's ever put on the floor. Mm-hmm. They, they really came together at the right time, had a special run. And for me, that's a top five Mississippi State sports moment, sports accomplishment. Um, maybe not all time, but especially in the last 34 years since I've been alive. Mm-hmm. I've got that on my list as well. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I, I was in school. I was here at Mississippi State, a student, when that happened. And, I mean, that team was just special. They were a lot of fun to watch. Uh, if you're a longtime podcast listener of mine, you know that Dante Jones is my all-time favorite Bulldog, regardless of sport. I love Dante Jones. Um, I got to see a lot of those games up close and in person. And I was there in Lexington when they beat Cincinnati to go to the uh, the Final Four. I did not make the Final Four, but my student ID did. So nice. it made the trip to New York, but but Brian was not with it. Um, I mean, and you talk about that team and and how legendary it was in terms of the players who have just stood the test of time, right? Yeah, you know, we talked we talked the other day about Brandon Vincent and how Mississippi mm-hmm. State is still trying to find a Brandon Vincent, right? But Russell Walters is kind of the same way. Every year, like that guy could be like a Russell Walters type player for us: defense, toughness, you know, rebounding. I mean, he he provided that. Dampier was the superstar. You just didn't really know it that at that point because all eyes were on Daryl Wilson and uh and and Dante Jones. And then you had such great role players on that team. You know, you obviously had Whit Hughes, who played defense, could get you the occasional three ball, could handle the ball a little bit. And then you had Bart Hyash and Tyrone Washington, your freshman. I mean, it was just just Solid, you know, top to bottom. They had eight or nine guys that they trusted. They played hard. You know, we talked so much this past year about Chris Jans and the way that team played. 
that 95 96 team played a very similar style of basketball. They were a much better shooting team, obviously, but defensively, they were very, very tough, very, very scrappy. Uh, and they were just a fun team to watch and to be around. I enjoyed I enjoyed being a part of that that experience. It's one of my favorite memories of my college days was is, is that that team and that season. So good choice there, Robbie. I'll, I'll go with that. Since I sort of piggybacked off you there, what, what do you got next? Uh, my number four moment is the football SEC championship in 1998. Okay. Uh, another thing that's only been accomplished once in Mississippi State history by that program. And, uh, you know, at the time it was, it was obviously a huge deal. And for Mississippi state, you're there in position to beat the national champions, Tennessee. Um, it's just like, you know, the, the men's basketball team, you're in position, uh, against a lot of great teams. You had a lot of great moments in that season. That team was not better to me than the 1999 team, Mm -hmm. but the moment itself, getting to an SEC championship, playing in Atlanta, which is something that, we growing up had never seen Mississippi State do, and that I mean I know the SEC championship was fairly new at that time, but six years it's, old. But yeah, yeah, it's something that you can look back on now that it's been around for thirty years and say it was pretty cool that Mississippi State was in the Georgia Dome playing for the chance to win a, a conference championship and one of, if not the best, conferences in football at the time, and to do it against a, a great Tennessee team that was a great Tennessee team. Um, and so that that's definitely to me a top five moment. When you when I said about you know it could be during a loss that moment to me you could even go further and, and this isn't on my list but and just say that moment where Kevin Prentice takes the punt return into the touchdown into the end zone for a touchdown and it's fourteen ten Mississippi State and you're thinking you know in the fourth quarter you're thinking they might do this at that moment that you know that was as, as that was a pinnacle moment for Mississippi State now I didn't pan out. Obviously, but in that moment, you were just like, "Are are they going to do this? Are they going to beat Tennessee? Are they going to go to the Sugar Bowl?" And I still wonder about you know if you'd had a healthy JJ Johnson and if, if you were you know if you were at a hundred percent, maybe that game's a little bit different. But it is what it is, and and that that is certainly a, a great one for for sure. I'll stick with football for my second one. And you know this one, you know you were born, you were alive, but I, I don't know that you can appreciate what it was to to win the, the Egg Bowl in 1991 in Jackie Sherrill's uh, first year as a head coach. You know, growing up in the 80s as a kid, I mean, it was tough because State and Ole Miss were both terrible in football for the most part. They just weren't good, State especially. They didn't go, They had not been to a bowl game since, 19, since 1981. It had been 10 years. And Ole Miss had just dominated the Egg Bowl throughout my childhood. You know, and at this point, they had won three straight. They had won 88, 89, and 90. You know, this is the first one back on campus uh, in my lifetime. And as as much good as Jackie Sherrill had done in his first year, you know, he'd beaten Texas, had beaten uh, Auburn, had beaten LSU. You know, it was six. They were six and four. They looked like they were going to go to a bowl game. But I think we all at that moment felt it was going to be all for naught if you didn't beat Ole Miss. This was an Ole Miss team that you were better than. You were. They were. That was not a good Ole Miss team. But it had just been that way before for so many years where you just lost the Egg Bowl. To win that game, to dominate that game, really, you know, the, the score is 24-9, but it, I mean, if you go back and watch that game, it feels like it should have been 44-9. Um, and to be able to go to school on that Monday and finally feel like Mississippi State was was on equal footing with Ole Miss, you know, that like, okay, 
it has changed now. Jackie Sherrill is here, and Mississippi State's going to be better going forward. And they were. And they were. It's it's difficult to explain how important that game was to a lot of Mississippi State fans in this state who had just, you know, for the past, I mean, since since Alan McKean had left, had, I mean, how many times had State beaten Ole Miss from, I guess, like 48 to 90? God, well, they had, they, they had 17 straight losses. Yeah. They might have won 10 in that, in that what, 42, 43-year span. They might have won 10 games. The 60s and the 70s were not good. The 70s you had, when Bob Tyler was first there, you had some, but all those games were vacated. You know, you lost, I think, two wins over Ole Miss there. Yeah. The 80s were terrible. The 60s were awful. You only beat them once in the 60s, I believe. So, yeah, the, this, to start the 90s off, start 90, the, in the 91 season with a win over Ole Miss, it, it's, 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 it was a seminal moment for Mississippi State sports going forward. It was, in my opinion, the, the, the day Mississippi State became a legitimate SEC team, a team that you know year in, year out was going to compete in the SEC and have a chance to win games and go to bowl games. That was, that was the game where I finally was like, I was finally like, finally. It's finally it's finally happened. Mississippi State is going to be able to to become a, a team, a player in the SEC. So the ninety one egg bowls on my list. Kind of how I felt after Dan Mullen was hired. Yeah. <laughs> it, even though it wasn't a, a super long time period where state was, you know, not making bowl games and all that, it still felt like forever. Two thousand one to two thousand Six for sure mm-hmm. felt like fifty years. Yeah, is that, is that really a, with the hiring of Dan Mullen? No, I thought about that, but I just think there's bigger things right. that happened in my final three that I have. Right. My number well, three one moment. more. You, you go, give me one more, and then I'll do one more, and then we'll go to a break. Okay, my number three moments: Morgan Williams shot. Okay, that's uh, a good. Mor- Morgan Williams hitting the and. You can argue this moment could be even higher. I yeah, mean, when you when you think about historical significance to a sport, this is beyond Mississippi State. In my opinion, this changed the course of women's basketball in college. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. For years, people still say this, and the people that still say this are the ones that don't pay attention to women's basketball. For years – there were two or three dominant teams in women's college basketball. Mm-hmm. When you got in the NCAA tournament, there were no upsets. There were no, you know, 11 seeds advancing to the Sweet 16. There were no six, seven seeds advancing to the Final Four. UConn was going to the national championship or Tennessee, and somebody else might get in the mix every now and then. It was Tennessee and UConn and maybe a third team every now and then that popped in. And a lot of times those national championship games were not even games. Those final four games were not even yeah. games. This was a was a change in direction, women's college basketball. And it might have just been Mississippi State hitting it at the right time. It might have been Morgan William changing the course of history and changing the way that, that people attacked UConn and attacked – uh, South Carolina and teams like that. I don't know. But all I know is when that moment happened from then on out, 
it just feels like it's become more possible for the underdog to win in women's college basketball. And you look at it, that Final Four to me was was great. The Final Four after that was incredible. You had Mississippi State, uh, Roshona Johnson hit the big shot against Louisville to send that game to overtime. Mm-hmm. Then UConn beat um, – I mean, Notre Dame beat UConn that same night. Then you had State and uh, Notre Dame going down the wire, hit a butter, buzzer beater. One of the great Final Fours of all, all time. This year was a great Final Four. The last few years have been great. That shot, to me, altered women's college basketball, whether it being from Morgan William or just women's college basketball changing during that time. We saw a change from there. And to me, that that shot is going to resonate with March Madness, not just for the women's game, but for the men as well. That shot is going to be something that we look at around March every single year. And uh, – if you're a it is 111 game, 111 games. Think about that. Yeah, that might be one of the great streaks in sports history for UConn to go, what three straight years without losing a game. Mm-hmm. That's in basketball. That's it's almost impossible to do. You're going to have a bad night, and they didn't. If you're a Mississippi State fan, every March you get to smile twice because you're always going to see Morgan William and you're always going to see Bryce Drew. And that's just that's just how that's going to go. Um that you can make a very uh a very strong argument, very strong argument that that is the most important win in school history regardless of sport. And, and it one of the reasons and I say this all the time and I really do believe it, one of the reasons South Carolina fans hate Mississippi State so much because nobody remembers South Carolina winning the national championship that year. They, a lot of people think Mississippi State won the national championship that year, beating UConn. That was not the people forget that wasn't the final. It's sort of like the the you know the miracle on ice. People forget that wasn't the gold medal game, you know. But that's the one that everybody remembers. So it's a good choice, and especially for you, you know, the the amount of coverage and work you've put into women's basketball here in the, in, in the past decade. I mean, I understand that that that's that's a very high moment for you to be able to be there. And I, I don't think we could underestimate. It, it sounds weird, but you know, for, for say this about a guy who's just a fan at that point, but the presence of Dak Prescott at that game and his reaction—I mean, that that makes that's part of that moment, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's, him that's, sitting courtside in the in the jersey. I mean, yeah, it was. And what what was cool about that? And I said this when it happened: Dak didn't just show up that day just to be seen. That guy right. was at home games all the time. He was a fan of that team. He was a legit fan of that team. He would sit in the upper deck by himself. A lot of people don't know that, but I do because I saw him many times. He would sit in the upper deck in a section by himself to watch Mississippi State women's basketball. And that's and he was doing that kind of early on in, in Vic Schaefer's tenure before that team got really, really good. So he followed that team. He knew those players. He knew all – I mean, that, that wasn't just a – photo opportunity for him. He was legit excited about that. That's what was really cool about that moment. I agree. All right, for me, my, my third moment, and I'm like, Robbie's going through his ranks. I'm really not. Um, but for me, I'm going to say it's a, it's a tie between two moments because they're kind of the same moment for me. But Burke Masters' grand slam and Elijah McNamee's two-run, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, two-run home run against Florida State uh, in the regional down there, 
mm. in my opinion, are the are two uh, two of they were the the two biggest home runs in Mississippi State baseball history until Tanner Allen hit his home run against Virginia. To me, Tanner Allen's home run against Virginia may be the biggest home run in Mississippi State history because, but that's but that's not the moment for me. As much as much fun as that was, um, but those two moments, you know, with Masters, um, I mean, I was literally just listening to the game in my dad's house on a clock radio. Had resigned myself to the fact that State was about to get eliminated, and then Burke Masters pulls that. It also, to me, has one of the most iconic calls in Mississippi State history with Jim Ellis and a grand slam for Masters. Everybody's heard it. Everybody loves it. Magnamy is a whole different story because the 2018, I mean, the 91 team that went to the College World Series was really good. They were good enough to host a regional. They had a ton of talent on that team. The 2018 team had no business being in postseason baseball. They were not. They had not been good the whole year. They got hot at the right time. That, that sweep of Florida at the end is really what made it for them. And I still wonder if Florida had needed to win games that weekend to be the one seed in the SEC tournament and win the conference, how much more if would it have been different? I, I really do feel like Florida just sort of went on cruise control. But it didn't matter. Mississippi State got the wins, and that's all that mattered. And then they went over to, to the regional in, in Florida State, and you're in the loser's bracket against Florida State, who had been upset, you know, and you're thinking, oh, gosh, here they go. And they've got their ace on the mound. State had just been run off the field the day before against Oklahoma. And then you have the the crazy rain delay and then the unbelievably odd decision by by Mike Martin to, to keep his starter in after an hour-plus rain delay and 100-plus pitches already. And it just sets up an incredible moment that – Nobody who watched that, nobody who was there, that, that is truly unforgettable. I mean, you close your eyes. If you were there, if you've seen it, you can see McNamee hopping around the bases. To this, and You can just see it in your, in your eyes. So, you know, for Mississippi State baseball, which is such a special thing here in Starkville, those to me are two of the, of the biggest moments. Obviously, it's not going to be the top one. But those, those, those two are iconic moments from players, you know, I mean, Tanner Allen, Jake Mangum, Will Clark, those are the top guys. McNamee, you know, his his legacy was kind of made with this home this home run and the home run against uh against Man. Stanford. You know, those well, that's his legacy. Van, he had he had a big one against Vandy. He had a big too. one against Vandy too. Had a, had a walk Super off regional. And so that 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 those postseason moments kind of made Masters. Same with with McNamee. And Masters, great player for Mississippi State, but this is his moment. This is what's totally locked into him is, is hitting that grand slam. So those to me, they're, they're kind of tied. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get them both. All right. And that team too, which one 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they just bear, you know, they have all the stuff with Andy Canizero. Mm-hmm. Gary Anderson takes, uh, takes over. They started one in seven, I think in the league, mm-hmm. they were not good. You know, they had mm-hmm. lost, they lost like a, a series to like, Missouri, I think, early mm-hmm. on, and then mm-hmm. they just started catching fire. They got, they barely got in, I think, to the postseason. They got it. They, oh, yeah. they had to, they had to sweep, um, Florida, or they had to, they had to, they had to beat Florida, who's number one team in the country. They had to they beat them, them to get, and they end up sweeping them. Yeah, and then um, barely made it in, basically, to a regional. Got mm-hmm. destroyed in that first game against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. You were just getting. I mean, that uh, who was the pitcher? Was it uh, Peter like, Parrish? 
Drew Parrish, wasn't it? The Drew Parrish or oh yeah, Peter Parrish plays football. Drew Parrish. Drew, yeah. Drew Parrish. He was just shoving it. Mm-hmm. He, he had a, he had a really good change up. State could not touch it. And I remember and that's the pitch I, that that McNamee hit out is a change up. He was he yes. was he was sitting on it. I remember. I want to say it was Hunter Stovall worked a walk mm-hmm. after that rain delay. You're, you're correct. And it, we still, you know, we we're talking about it. Me and Joel were going to drive back. We had we had like got out of our hotel, packed all our bags and everything. We were driving back. It was my birthday. I was excited to get home. Birthday and anniversary, and we just we didn't really have any expectations. And all of a sudden, with one swing, man, the entire game changed. The entire season changed. Mm-hmm. State ends up going on a run. They win. They they win three three more games. They go to Vanderbilt, win that, and they make it one game away from the national championship. Man, yeah. I mean, it was they. That that I've team was what that team is why I love baseball. Two things I've always wondered, and it's, it's one of those things like if Parrish throws a fastball there, McNamee misses and game, it's game over and the season's over. Secondly, it's it's sort of an odd coincidence that both of these happen against Florida State. Yes, one in Starkville and one in, in Tallahassee. Two guys that were kind of you know postseason legends. Yeah. And those are the best. That, kind that, of that often, you know, would get up, overlooked. I think in a lot of ways. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, there's not going to be in the record books for a whole lot. Um, they're not. They didn't have a you know great pro career, but they're always going to be remembered at Mississippi State for those moments. Yeah. All right. Let's move on into our top two, and that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef it's what's for dinner when you're uh, cooking out this weekend. It is grilling season. It's summer. Get out there, fire up the grill, and put some beef on the grill. Burgers and steaks, briskets and tri-tips. Oh, my. Whatever it is you're looking to cook, whatever you or family wants to do this summer, it's always better with beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's also a Bulldog Initiative business, so which is a great thing. But even if it wasn't. I mean, I've been telling you to go there for years, and it wasn't a Bulldog Initiative business. Why? Because Two Brothers is the place. Great food, not just barbecue, burgers, sandwiches, and they've always got great specials running. Check it out. If you want to eat good, you just make that trip to the Cotton District for some smoked Southern soul food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products, great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. Nobody sticks around unless they're taking care of their customers. For that long. When you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, just call them back. No out no one eight hundred number, no out of state call centers, no uh no overseas guys, it, nothing. It's just Mississippi people dealing doing business with you, also a Mississippi person. That's a great difference and it's something you're gonna appreciate when you deal with Advantage Business Systems. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Don't forget this week, if you head over to Dolce and t- and ask for the coffee toffee milkshake, that is a Thunder and Lightning exclusive. Nobody else is telling you about it. We're telling you about it. Get a shot of espresso in there so it gets you through the day, but it's also a great, delicious, sweet treat with all the caramel and toffee bits in there. Their milkshakes are top-notch, and so is their gelato. When you want a sweet treat, when you want to treat yourself, when you've had a long day and, you, and it's hot outside and you're like, I need something to get me through, just head over to see our friends at Dolce, and they'll get you taken care of. 509 University Drive, it's Dolce. Robbie, I'll start us off here in the second half of the show. Um, 
with my number two moment. And I'm going to be- go back to another Egg Bowl, which, in my opinion, was a a a change of of mentality for Mississippi State fans. That's a 2009 Egg Bowl. You mentioned Mullen being hired. You know, he had his first season, and you could tell watching them the whole year they were better, right? Much mm-hmm. better than what Sylvester Croom had been putting out there the previous five years. You knew that they were going to get things turned around. But going into that egg bowl, they were four and seven. And you're like, gosh, they're going to be four and eight. It's the same record that they had a season ago. And I, I know they're better, but this is, you know, I, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. And then they win that egg bowl against an Ole Miss team that was cruising. They were what, uh, no, eight and three at that point. They had just beaten LSU. A lot of their fans thought they were about to head down to Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. And not only did you win that game, but again, you dominated it from from start to finish, basically. I remember early in the first quarter, uh, Ole Miss faked a punt to get a first down. And I just was like, really? Yeah, you guys are you guys are ranked and states unranked, and you're you're the big favorite here, and you've got to fake a punt to get a first down. What's going on there? And and you know, huge day, couple of picks in that game. Uh, for Charles Mitchell, had a, an obviously uh, Corey Broomfield with the famous pick six of Jevin Sneed there, put the icing on the cake, and that's where the you know Chris Ralph has his breakout day. Anthony Dixon has a big game. Just, just it was just a fun day in Starkville, and of course you have the moment at the end of the game where uh, where Mullen goes full Ric Flair, gets on the mic, and just takes his shots at Ole Miss and at Houston Nut. It was, again, you know, after five years of Kroom, of just, you know, honestly, I felt like Kroom always downplayed the Egg Bowl a little bit. And, I, I you know, obviously, you know, the results of, of, of his tenure speak for themselves. Again, He was more worried about Alabama. He was. He was. There's no question. It felt like that was a day where you were like, okay, it's turned around again. They're going in the right direction. They're going to start beating Miss Ole Miss. They're going to start winning more games. And they're going to be a good program. I had no idea that, you know, in five, six years, they were going to be the number one team in the nation. But I at least, but again, I felt like Mississippi State was on the right track with Dan Mullen. There were some, there were some downs during Mullen's tenure, but for the most part, you knew you had a solid team year in and year out. You know, really, 16 was really like the only time where things were just not great. An outlier. Um, you know, 2009, you win five games, but we all felt in 2009 things were trending upwards quickly because State had probably the toughest schedule in the country. Mm-hmm. Houston and Georgia Tech were two really tough non-conference teams at that time yeah. to play. And State played those two. They played Alabama. They played Florida. Ole Miss was ranked inside the top 25 when they played them. They played probably five or six ranked teams that year and were competitive. It, well, there wasn't a whole lot of games. They just got blown out. Mm-hmm. So you kind of saw the direction. 11 was not super, but those are really the two seasons where things just weren't very great for Mississippi State. I mean, even 12 was not a great team, but that team won eight, eight games. Yeah. So did the whole Mullen tenure – was very similar to what I thought um, Mike Leach's tenure was going to be like. Six to nine wins. Six to nine. <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was definitely a um, it was a good era of football for Mississippi State to just kind of Dan Mullen. He said it when he first got here. He talked to people, and they all said, you know, well, this is Mississippi State. You know, it's going to be tough for us to do these things. 
And he never liked that when he first got here. Now, there were some times where I felt like he started leaning back on that when he got a little too comfortable. But when he was good and pissed off and good and ready to compete, that's exactly what Mississippi State needed. And I'm hoping that's kind of what they get with Zach Arnett, the – the whole, you know, the joke about, you know, the conversation I had with him when he said Mississippi State's a pretty big time program too. Yeah. That's kind of that was Dan Mullen's mentality when he got to Mississippi State. Everybody Very said similar. Mississippi State can't do this. And he told them why they could. He didn't yeah. want to hear about what they couldn't do. Yeah. Mississippi State's capable of competing on a national level in every sport. They have the platform, they have the conference, they have the money to do it. There's been too many people over time that have said Mississippi State can't do this. Mm -hmm. It's time for people to start saying they can do these things. And Dan Mullen did that. Didn't do it consistently. Like I said, there were times where he got a little too comfortable. He, you know, when he would lose some games and he would start saying, well, you know, Mississippi State, we've only been to 10 bowl games ever or something, you know, like there were times where he leaned on, lean back on like those guys did, but Mississippi State can do, you know, what everybody else can do. You really yeah. put in the the time, resources, and development. All right. What do you got for your, your second to last number two? Um, football going the number one. Okay. Uh, twenty fourteen beating Auburn. That was the kind of the pinnacle of Mississippi State football. I think. Uh, all time, I think it trumps the, the SEC championship just because the SEC championship was great, but that team was what, like eight and four? Yeah, they, they I mean, were that, it was three in the regular season. Yeah, that the SEC West was not good. Mm-hmm. You're you're talking about um, a moment in time where it's Mississippi State and Auburn, two top five teams nationally playing on CBS. It was just, it was. A perfect day, the weather notwithstanding. And the weather almost made it even even better. Mm-hmm. It's like the atmosphere got supercharged when that rainstorm came. But that day and then subsequently the next day you, you go to number one. Everybody knows you're going to be number one. The feeling of you know getting out of church, knowing the AP rankings are about to come out, mm-hmm. and Mississippi State being number one in those rankings, and then the college football playoff rankings that are ranked number one, the first team to do it. It was surreal. You know, we've never seen anything like that at Mississippi State. Right. So that that moment was really, to me, arguably the greatest moment in Mississippi State history. Mm-hmm. To me, it's definitely number two, at least. Yeah. Obviously, I had that on my list of, of, of you know, of plays, things to do. But since you've got that, I had I brought I brought some backups. As you might, you can imagine. So I was just like, I know he's gonna. If you had not mentioned it, that would have I would have just moved my number one out, because I would I know what your number one is, and I was like, there's no way, yeah, he'll he'll screw this up. So well, that, that's what a, that's what a good uh, podcast does, Brian. You can't use the same stuff, right? You, you got to be able to bounce some things back and Absolutely. forth. I mean, that's that, it's it's a good conversation yeah. piece. So, like, I, I, I was like, the, the, the top two are just so obvious. I'm going to take one of them. He'll take the other one. And then we're probably going to have the same top number one, though. And it's winning a national championship in baseball. I mean, they're just, yes. they're just impossible to top. And within that, see, for me, when I say that a moment, the Tanner Allen home run, uh, Will Bednar's performance, 
uh, you know, Kellum Clark's home run, um, Landon Sims and the way uh, Tanner Leggett's base hit, they all sort of come together for me. And it's yeah. like one thing doesn't stand out too much above the other. They were all crucial moments. They were all huge things that happened in that in that sequence of events that led to Mississippi State winning that national championship. So I can't really pick out Tanner Allen's home run. I can't really pick out uh, Will Bednar and and, and uh, Landon Sims almost no hitting Vanderbilt. In the, I can't do it. It's all one thing together, and it's all winning that national title. Well, that game three was just destiny. That was just the culmination of everything. Everything that happened before that was the great moments. You had, you know, game one, you had that incredible performance from Will Bednar, and it was backed up by Landon Sims, just an outstanding um, pitching performance from Mississippi State. Then you go to Virginia, and you have the the home run from Kellum Clark that kind of, you know, breaks the ice. Mm-hmm. And then Tanner Allen, the big hit there, uh, Landon Sims shutting that thing down. Then you have, you know, Tanner Leggett and – then you had the Vanderbilt series. I mean, it was – you're right. The whole College World Series was really the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was the, – the game three, like I said, to me, was just this is going to happen. Mississippi yeah. State is here. They're in position. They're winning the national championship. This is – this team has proven time and time again they're not going to go down. This team has been wanting a national championship for 100 and whatever years. It's their time, and that's how it played out. I mean, Kumar Rocker was ineffective from start to finish. Yeah, he really was. You you knew it was state's time. You might although have, although you we might have kept known. no, I mean, like looking back now, yeah, you knew it was state's time during that game. It, it wasn't until Kellen Clark hit the home run that that's I was exactly like, okay, correct. it's over. Once Kellen Clark hit the home run, I was like, they're going to win. Until well, that moment, I was like, I just they need to keep. You knew going. for a fact that Landon Sims is not giving up nine runs. I felt pretty confident in that. Yes. Yeah, like they, he might give up a three-run home run or something. That would be a stretch, but mm-hmm. he was not going to give up nine runs. No, no. So, all right, I'm sure we left out a lot of great memories. Again, if you want to tell us yours or tell us, yeah, you know, we're dumb because we forgot this. Feel free. Well, you know where to find us on Twitter. But definitely want to hear from you guys today. We'll retweet some of the best ones. If you got some personal moments, you know, there are people who are like, hey, I got married after this game or proposed here. I, let me have it. We'll talk about that. It should be a lot of fun. Guys, have a great weekend. Robbie and I will be back with you on Monday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.